Hello, my friend, and welcome to the Mark Stuchowski Podcast, the show that's all about helping you perform at an optimum level. I am Mr. Productivity, and it is my obsession to teach you how to be the most productive version of you possible. And one of the ways I do that is by inviting you to my live monthly training. On October 16th, I'm going to be talking all about the power and the how of routines. Now, to register, just click the link in the show notes or the banner of my website, MrProductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com. On the show today, Steve Rogers. He calls himself a spiritual business activist, and this episode is full of insights. We're going to really camp out on what does it mean to be purpose-driven, and so much more. There's a lot of insights that are going to be directly applicable to how you live your life today. Enjoy my conversation with Steve Rogers. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you, Mark. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You know, we were talking before we started recording, and I thought it was funny when you booked this call, booked this interview, You, I always ask people, is your name strange to say? And of course, Steve Rogers, pretty easy. And then <laughs> you you shared with me that sometimes people call, when you're younger, they call you Mr. Rogers in, right. in the neighborhood. <laughs> and I immediately thought, Buck Rogers, the, the TV show way, way, way back, you'll have to Google this, folks, Buck Rogers <laughs> in the 20th century. Um, it's interesting when I have people like you who have an easy name uh Struchowski's not so easy but yes. <laughs> uh, anybody else can be well now you told me steve rogers from the marvel movies right yeah captain america is what uh, i found out his name was i didn't even know that as a kid until later in the years but yes captain america is also called steve rogers <laughs> see now i think it would be fun to go in a hotel and they say use the, the steve rogers he goes well yes i am matter of fact but don't tell anybody Shh, yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> I have a, I, I, when I was traveling a lot before COVID, I had a few hotels I uh, traveled uh, frequently to in Los Angeles and different spots and people would know me when I check in and they'd say, Hey cap, how you doing cap? Welcome back cap. <laughs> I'm well, like, I'll take it. <laughs> I could imagine uh, you bringing into uh come and dress up as Captain America one time. That would be hysterical. Uh, before we get started on our talk today, why don't you tell us who you are and what you do for a living? Yeah, my name is Steve Rogers, as you said. I live in San Diego, California, married 30 years, have a couple kids, grandkids, a golden retriever. I uh, love life, living by the beach. Um, but I, I'm a, uh, I, I term myself, uh, as of late, I've actually updated and, and progressed my title, but I am a spiritual business activist. Uh, and uh, what that means is I help people bring whatever their own spiritual consciousness into their businesses. Uh, and I also do consulting and coaching, and I've written a couple books. Uh, and I guess my claim to fame in the corporate world is uh, I was a CEO for a Warren Buffett uh, company in the real estate space for quite a few years. Uh, so I was in the executive corporate America arena, uh, earning my stripes and dues uh, along the path. Uh, but I've been an entrepreneur myself uh, for 10 years now, uh, both running a real estate company after corporate America and then running my own consulting coaching company. So I have done a lot of reading on Warren Buffett. How is he really? Give us the inside scoop. Is he really a nice man? You know, he is, he really is. I mean, when I first met him, this would have been back in about 2002 or three when I first met him, uh, and he had just bought a company called Mid-American Energy, which happened to own a division of a real estate company earlier on, but it was a long story. So he ended up being uh, an owner of our real estate company in Southern California. So I thought, wow, I'm going to be able to go. I was on the executive team at the time, fl flying back to Omaha, and I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm flying back to meet Warren Buffett. This is so bizarre. <laughs> uh, you know, we 
we get there and there was a room, probably maybe 20 or 30 people at the cocktail reception before we went to dinner. And, you know, I was anxious and I was excited and all of that. And I saw him engaging with others before it was my turn to speak to him. And I'd spoken to him, you know, numerous times after that. But in the first meeting, um, I was watching how he interacted and what his demeanor was, his eye contact, the conversations that he was having. And I was in a line and he was so engaging and authentic and just floated from one conversation to another seamlessly and made each person feel they were the only person in the room he was talking to at the time, even though everyone was staring at him, everybody was trying to get their time. And when I finally got up to speak to him and I was, I was observing this prior to getting to him, I thought, God, he really just looks like somebody's grandpa in a bad <laughs> JC Penny suit with hair grown out of his ears and his glasses are kind of cockeyed and all smeared up. And I'm like, this is just a guy like anybody else who just happens to be brilliant and who happens to be one of the wealthiest men in the world. But yes, he ended up from my experience. Um, and it's not like I had daily interaction with Warren Buffett and it's not like he supervised me or I spoke to him, you know, on a, on a monthly basis or anything like that. However, uh, in the meetings that I was in with him, observing from very small meetings of a table of eight people at a dinner to watching him control a floor of 20,000 people at the stake, uh, the Berkshire Hathaway shareholder conference. He's very genuine, very down to earth. And what I really acknowledged about him and, and learned about him over the over the years is he is so comfortable in his own skin, meaning that he knows who he is not and he knows exactly who he is. And, and he just is that like he doesn't try and put on airs, uh, even though, you know, he's surrounded by people, you know, all day, every day that are of magnitude of massive success and wealth and power. And doesn't sound like he's a chameleon at all. A lot of people on social media, they're chameleons. They're one way around one group of people and they go someplace else. There are different people. Sounds to, sounds to me from the way you're describing him that he's not a chameleon. He is who he is. And I think we need more people like that. This is who I am. Like me or love me. I'm not going to change for you. Yeah, and that was my experience. I mean, and people have heard the story probably that he still lives in the same house that he lived in for 20 or 30 years. I've heard that. You know, he goes to the same steakhouse all the time. He loves <laughs> cherry Cokes. You know, he owns part of Dairy Queen, so he likes his dilly bars and, uh, you know, his uh, fast food. And he really is just a really down-to-earth uh, he doesn't like traveling unless he has to. He's kind of he liked to rather be a homebody kind of thing, but he's forced into the public eye. So I did find him to be not a chameleon, but I did find him to be brilliant in a sense, meaning that he could talk about cherry cokes and baseball, and in the next <laughs> sentence talk about the stock market like you'd never understood, uh, social security, government, pipelines and wires. Uh, I mean, he just has a knowledge in his head of an amazing library of data that he can pull. And he, he has a way of explaining it in a simplified way that even if you don't really know what he's talking about, he makes you feel like you do. Mm. And I think where he gets that from is he's an avid reader. And when I found out that Warren Buffett says he would love to read five to six hours a day, um, a lot of other high performers read a lot. So I make it a priority to read a lot. And the more I read, guess what? You can have better conversations with the people because now you're not just going off of Twitter or LinkedIn or Instagram. Now you're reading books and you can have more intelligent conversations. So if listener, if you're not a reader, I want you to go look at the high performers in our world, and they're mostly all readers. And there's a reason why they're very well-versed, because they are exposing themselves to a lot of different ideas. And I think that's really important for a leader. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I mean, I'm a guy that uh, does do a lot of reading, but over the years, I've, I've kind of migrated between Audible and reading. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, so I have a mix of videos, audios, reading, but I'm always absorbing information about 
cultures, people, leadership, business models. And that's how I've learned my own path. I'm, I'm a guy that barely graduated high school. I mean, I moved out of my house when I was 17. I went to a couple years of college, but it just was, I was not an academia, an academic kind of guy. Mm. So I realized when I got out in, you know, in my late 20s and I was trying to make something of myself more than I was, I realized I better get some, uh, some focused laser beam knowledge and expertise. So I hired a business coach. I you know, was always an avid reader and I learned about what I needed to learn about in the environment either that I was in or that I wanted to be in. So I, I agree with you that learning and focus, uh, th- that helps you open up your perspective and your mind. And it makes you curious. Mm-hmm. You know, once you read something, then you become curious about more things, either in that same genre or maybe outside of that genre. So that's what I find it does for me. Now, I've never heard them anyone refer to themselves as a spiritual business activist. Is that something you made up? I did. And I don't, I I've seen it a few times online after I came up with it, but I was really trying to define what it is. My next path is that I'm doing that. I just put a stake in the ground. I just launched a book last week. And as I've been writing this book over the last year, you know, my, for the first, for the last five years, I've termed myself a purpose driven consultant or a purpose driven advisor, trying to put out the tone in my who I'm attracting as clients or businesses that yes, I can help you create more productivity. Yes, I can help you create more profits in your businesses. And yes, I can help you in streamlining your your overall uh, work environment. But if you're not focused on purpose, and if you're not focused on meaning, I'm probably not the right business consultant for you, because I really, really want to help people um, in purpose driven lives. And my company's called Alchemy Advisors, which is the term alchemy is about transition and transformation. So now doing this for five years, I'm evolving myself even further. And I've always been a very spiritual person and a spiritual um, evolution activist in my own life. And now I've just decided that's what is most important to me every day, all day, is how I show up in a spiritual consciousness way in life, in my family, in the world, in the community, and in my businesses. So I've decided to make that my moniker, a spiritual business activist, meaning that I am spiritual. I definitely am a business guy, but I'm active about getting people to, it's like what you were talking about reading books. It ignites your mind. It ignites your consciousness. And when you start talking about spirituality, I'm not here to define what that is for anybody. I'm just here to prompt people to say, maybe get a little bit more bold about having that in your consciousness consistently especially since we many of us work 8, 10, 12 hours a day, and we feel like we have to separate our spiritual beliefs outside of our work environment to then re-tap into it <laughs> at times when we go back and, and you know put our... We were talking about Captain America earlier. It seems like in our lives, we have to wear different suits. We have mm-hmm. the business suit. We have the entrepreneur suit. We have the husband suit, the partner suit, the boyfriend suit, the girlfriend suit, the father suit. You know, I, I wanted to really work on my life of having be integrated all of those things all the time. I love how you mentioned purpose-driven because I see a lot of people, and this was even before COVID hit us, they have no purpose in their life. They're they're what I call reactive mode. So if you remember the old carnival game, Whack-A-Mole, where yes. there's this board of, and those of you who don't know what it is, it's this carnival game where you have all these holes in the board and you're given this cloth mallet. And the start of the game, the mole would pop up in the hole and you'd whack it and it'd go back down. And as the game went on, more moles would come up and they'd go down faster and you look like you're a raving lunatic whacking these moles. Well, 
People go through life, through their days, their weeks, their months, their years, and they're always in reactive mode. They're always putting out fires. They're always whacking the moles. And the problem is, is people that do that really don't have a purpose. They Their goals are, I hope I make it to 5 o'clock. I hope I make it to the weekend. Oh, it's a three-day weekend coming up this weekend. That should not be your purpose in life. So let's let's camp out a little bit on purpose-driven. Yeah, I think that I, I have forgot about that game. Actually, I remember playing that with hitting that hammer, and it is like that sometime in life. That's a great visual how all of us at times feel being firemen and putting out fires. And it's not like we're not going to have those in our lives; these things popping up and reactive. However, I think being purpose driven and spiritual driven makes it so that you are much more conscious and aware on how you intend to start your day. You know, starting your day with a ritual that you're starting your day off with prayer, meditation, exercise, spiritual reading, and that you've mapped out what your day is going to look at like before the day starts. Uh, I'm big on having people not only map out business plans for their businesses where they have a P&L, they have projections, they have balance sheets, they have, uh, you know, employee evaluations, they have HR, legal. Well, we don't have a lot of times our own balance sheet for our own life. Uh, and I don't know why we're always assessing assets and liabilities in our businesses, but we're not always doing that in our life. So uh, purpose-driven to me means how do you have a plan and a life plan that's mapped out in 30 days, six months, one year, three years, five years, and 20 years as to what you would like to co-create with the universe to manifest a life that you want. And if you're moving and creating that on paper and then in vision boards and writing it down and then backing into that, so then you're then taking the daily exercises and practices and how you show up, what you do, who you spend time with, what you read, where you work, all of a sudden you start manifesting these baby steps that start become giant steps to be purpose-driven towards creating what you want in your life and business, in your relationships, in your health, in your finances. So to me, purpose-driven just means being very conscious of what you want. And like I said about Warren Buffett, what you want and what you don't want. Like he, like I said, he knows who he is not, and he knows who he who he doesn't want to be. So a big part of life is just crossing off the the chessboard, if you would, anything that's not of interest or important or value to you, and just get it off your board altogether. Mm. And try and only keep things on there that are purpose driven, and then don't spend time in arenas of life that aren't serving that higher purpose which a lot of times means your circle of friends. It means what you read, what you watch. Um, you know, do you exercise? Do you not? Do you have a spiritual practice? Do you not? What, how healthy is your relationship? Are you that kind of stuff? So purpose-driven is just being very aware. I mean, I've met business leaders that know their numbers at the back of their hand. They know their sales statistics. They know their figures. They know their profit and loss, but they couldn't tell you the last time they spent a meaningful conversation, some of these people, with their child or their spouse. Uh, and if there's a consistent plan around that. Hey there, it's Mark. I just wanted to hop in here real quick to invite you to check out my website, MrProductivity.com for the date of my next live training to get my top five productivity tips and so much more. It all happens over at MrProductivity.com. I want to ask you about your morning routine in just a minute, but one of the habits I picked up from Grant Cardone a number of years ago, I read the 10X rule and, or I listened to the 10X rule. He talks about writing your goals down every day. And I started doing this about, well, two years ago when I first heard it. And there's something, cause a lot of people, they keep their goals in their head or they think about them once a year on January 1st. And so by writing my goals down every morning, they're staying fresh. And I think you should, when someone says, Hey, what are your goals? You shouldn't go, um, you should be able to rattle them off. 
And they're going to change. Your goals are going to change throughout your life. So I just want to share that with the audience that one of the things that really helped me is to write my goals down every day by hand, not on my phone. I mean, I actually write them down by hand and it, it helps cement um, the goals into my mind. What do you think about that? Do you do that yourself or what do you think about that idea? You know, I think it's a great practice and I highly support it. I learned that from actually Brian Tracy, uh, who's also a great writer, author, speaker. And Brian was my coach for a few years, uh, per my personal coach. So I went to his focal uh, uh, coaching program um, that talks about this. How do you create your daily goals, your life goals? And I did do that for a long time. I don't currently do that now every day. However, I do have my 30-day, 60-day, one-year, five-year, 10-year goals. And in my morning practice, I do have a morning ritual. So I typically get up. I do some type of form of prayer meditation. I do uh, some form of exercise. And then I listen to my own affirmations or I do some kind of writing. So I have pre-recorded all of my goals into my, we're talking about your iPhone. So when I write my goals out for the year, I have them between health and fitness and finance and relationship, all of that. When I'm done writing them out, I then sit in my car and I put on uh, like a Baroque kind of music that has a three, four beat versus four, four, because it affects the, the brain waves. But I then read all of my goals into my iPhone, my recording uh, feature, and I'll break them up in one minute, five minute, 10 minute, 15 minute segments, and I have them in my phone. So when I run or when I bike or in the morning, I hear my voice in my head mm. reading me my goals. Uh, so I'm not always uh, actively writing them. Um, but when I first started doing goals and I started doing my 10, 10, 10, uh, one of the things in that is every day writing out my goals physically by hand. So I'm a big advocate of that. Um, and um, I think anything that's activating your brain, your mind, your spirit, and your consciousness to what it is you're working on does somehow the act of writing, I do believe, helps activate something beyond the digital piece of it. So um, I, I, concur, I, I concur with the power of that that you, that you do and that you encourage. Yeah, I am saddened by the number of people I either have met on social media or in person who don't have any goals. And if I put a gun to their head and said, you know, list me two or three of your goals or I'm going to pull a trigger, I'd probably be killing a lot of people, which is sad because you get to choose your own goals. You, you, no one's going to tell you your goals. So what do you want out of life? You mentioned, you know, what do you want? What don't you want? I, I don't think people spend enough time thinking about that. What do I want on my time on, with my time on this planet? What don't I want? And just maybe give yourself the gift of an hour or so and just sit down and get a piece of paper or a notebook and say one side of the column, what I want, one side of the other column says what I don't want and just spend some time with yourself and thinking about it. I think so, so many people are moving so fast. They're moving forward. And they're not taking time to go, huh, what do I want out of life? And I, I think if people would do that, and of course, the Brian Tracy's talk about that, Grant Cardone talks about it, Tony Robbins talks about it, but people are not stopping and doing it. I mean, they hear it, but I don't think a lot of people are doing it. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And, you know, sometimes uh, I find that people spend more time planning their vacation mm. and where they're going to go and what they do versus actually the life that they have building up to being on vacation and then being in life and being on vacation in a happy way. But they spend, I mean, you think about that, how many people go on and, and they'll search online, what hotels are going to yep. go to, to look at all the reviews, where are we going to go <laughs> to escape, whatever, or, or to enjoy life. There's both of those. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, why don't you spend that much time researching or detailing <laughs> an itinerary of your own map every day for your life. Yes. Um, and so, 
if people say, well, I'm not sure what I really want. And I'm like, okay, I get that. Well, that's where then reflection Mm. of meditation or just sitting with yourself, as you just said, Mark, sometimes just sitting with yourself and continually asking that question, writing down on a piece of paper, what do I want? What do I not want? And then you could list some categories in my relationship. What do I want? What do I not? And if you don't have the answer, just sit with that for a few days and keep writing that question at the top of the paper. Something will start coming. And then when you start having these these, uh, aha moments of what they are, then you say, okay, that's something I want. You put it down. Then you break that down into baby steps and say, okay, what would it take to get there? Do I have to take a class? Do I have to get a course? Do I have to start looking for a new job? Do I need to find a coach? Whatever it might be, you go, okay, what's the first step to an act to make that happen? Mm. Um, and I think that once you start doing the goals as well, it's not only what do I want, but when I get into this purpose-driven stuff, and now that I'm really terming myself as a spiritual business activist, the next question is, what am I here to do? Mm. Why am I on this planet? Why was I born? What is my special gift? And what am I here to do before I die? And if you believe in a higher power or you believe in any kind of organized universal uh, mother nature or God or Jesus or Yahweh or, or Buddha, whatever you might want to call higher power, high energy, it's, I'm not here to determine that for anybody. But when we get beyond what is it I want or what is it I don't want, that's great. I'm encouraging everyone to really go to that next level. What am I here to do? Um, and contribute? What am I here to do and contribute? You know, and I will say that I really believe that everyone is put here for a reason, and we all find our gifts. We all discover our gifts at different times. I'm 55 years young now, okay? I didn't know what I wanted to be until about eight years ago. So if you're listening to this, you're 35, and you're like, I don't want to do it. It's okay. Just just keep on reading, keep uh, trying new things. Eventually you're going to discover it. So there, you, if you haven't figured it out by 25, you're not a loser. Uh, Napoleon Hill wrote in Think and Grow Rich. Most people don't find out what they really are going to good at until their fifties or sixties. So right. if you don't know, it's okay. And I think a lot of people think I've got to get it done by 24 or by 28 or no, there's no magic age. But if you don't take the time to go, okay, what do I want? What don't I want? What do I want? What am I here for? And think about it. I mean, a good example, you know, if you don't like, I'm not one who does a lot of meditation, but you can go on a quiet walk and you'd be amazed at just being quiet. All these ideas start coming in your head. So make sure you bring a notepad with you. But I, I think people, they're, they're so in tuned on social media. They're always checking in social media or they're streaming or playing video games. You're not going to find your purpose. I promise you when you're playing Fortnite for three days in a row, nonstop, that's not going <laughs> to reveal you. You have to spend time being quiet. And I think in a world we live in now, Steve, people, want noise all the time. And, you know, I'm a Christian, so I believe in the still small voice. It's a still small voice. God doesn't yell at you. And if you're so busy checking Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and whatever, you're not going to hear the call that you're supposed to do. Would you agree with me on that? hundred, hundred percent. Absolutely. I agree with that 100%. And, you know, I, I find too, not everyone has to quote, be a meditator or even necessarily be a prayer in prayer. It can be their own form of that walking, like you said, walking in nature, being with yourself. Um, you know, some people's playing a, a silent guitar with a, a classic guitar is their meditation. Mm-hmm. Some people's yoga, some people's um, just going and, and, and literally doing a, a nature walk is their form of meditation. But your point was getting into the stillness. How can you calm the All meditation is, is blocking out the noise yes. of the world so you can hear your inner voice. 
And people are like, I don't know what my inner voice is. Well, that's because you haven't stopped long <laughs> enough to try and listen to it. Yes. And it's amazing when you start like really trying to silence your mind and turn off all your devices. It's like when you get on a plane, everyone's like turning off their devices. And, you know, there is a way both in technology, both in the world and both in our own body and being, there is a way to turn off the noise. And once you start doing that and focusing on that and you do a little bit of that each day, you eventually want to do more of that. And when you start quieting your mind and then you start tapping into what you really do, you'll start getting nudges. You'll start getting taps on the shoulder. You'll yep. start getting whispers in the ear. You'll start getting gut feelings. You'll start getting people that show up in your life. You're like, wow, where'd that come from? <laughs> all, all of a sudden, things will start materializing because you're now looking for them and you're listening for them. You know, what's amazing is if you take a shower you hear a lot of thoughts come in your head because you're not on social media. You go for a walk and you leave your phone behind you getting you get thoughts because you're being quiet when you're sleeping all those thoughts that have been in your brain all day long but now you're quiet now you can hear them and what we're trying to impress upon you dear listener is you've got to get quiet this may be getting a cup cup of tea going on your back porch as the sun comes up and watching the deer in the backfield but just being quiet because your subconscious mind i i look at it like a stubborn teenager you just can't say give me ideas give me my purpose it doesn't work that way you have to be patient with it and you have to be quiet and I, and more now than ever with all the noise we have it seems like you go in people's houses there's either the tv on the radio on the, the video games on people on social media nobody wants to be quiet and i i i I read a book um, by Kel Newport, Newport called Digital, Minimal, Minim, Digital Minimalism. And he talks about embrace the silence. How many times we've been in line at the grocery store and there's like four or five people ahead of us. We pull out our phones instead of just looking around and or maybe engaging in conversation. We're always in our phones. And I'm not saying phones are that bad. But the point is when we always pull out a phone, when we're when the, we're the least bit bored, that's a problem. That That is a problem. We need to start saying, listen. I'm not going to pick up my phone right now. Or how many times do people watch a TV show and they're on their phone or their iPad while they're watching TV and they're talking to someone? How about we just do one thing at a time? Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And I think that that, that has to be scheduled. I mean, if you think about how many of us are either working from home now because of COVID or before COVID or after COVID, most everybody in the workforce or in daily life, or if you're a parent with kids or whatever it might be, and you're doing both working or not working, and you're a stay-at-home parent, whatever it might be, your day is usually swamped from the morning you wake up, from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed. Yep. And it's usually scheduled for other people, your boss, your assistant your child, your mother, your doctor's appointment. It's scheduled off the stuff you've just got to do. I'm so busy, I got to do this. But we're not scheduling time for ourselves, meaning making an appointment with yourself. When I first became a, a consultant and a coach five years ago, I said, look, before I do this, I'm going to make myself my first client. And wow, if I'm my, you know, And if I'm my first client of my practice, what would I be advising myself as a consultant to a guy who wants to get, get out of uh, the hustle and bustle of corporate America running his own company and phase into a new, a new career path where he's going to create a consulting practice, a coaching practice, he wants to write books, what would I advise him to do? 
Well, it's much of what you and I are talking about now. You've got to get still, make sure what you want. You've got to have a plan. You've got to write down your plan. You've got to work your plan. And you have to get still and making sure what it is you're then bringing to the table and offering. So I had to start scheduling time with myself. Now, luckily, I already did that before. But I literally asked myself that question. If I'm going to help try and be of value to other clients, I better make myself my first client and see if I'm having a good experience or not. Because if I'm not having a good experience from myself to myself, then I'm going to have a challenge bringing any of this to my clients. But I make sure I schedule that daily ritual. I schedule afternoon, you know, 10 minute meditation stuff. I schedule in the evening, you know, so, uh, a time that I've just got a little, and, and that's where I do use my phone. I have a little alarm that goes off and a little dingling, ding, and it reminds me that I'm supposed to just take 10 minutes, stop, do a little bit of breathing, sit with myself calm myself and then regroup. It's like rebooting your phone. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, to, you know we, we know how to reboot our phone. We know how to do a soft reset. We know how to turn off the air on the airplane feature and turn it on and off. We really need to start doing that with our own mind and our own soul and our own bodies. Wow. That is pure gold right there, uh, Steve. Um, you know, this is an episode that you gave us so much to think about. And I just want the listener to don't get overwhelmed with everything you said. Just pick out something that resonated with you and then go apply it and then reach out to Steve uh, and let him know how you did. So, Steve, where can we go and find out more about you online? Thank you, Mark. I appreciate that. Easiest place is probably my my website. And unlike Captain America, who doesn't have a D in his name, I have a D like David in my name. So it's Steve Rogers, R-O-D-G-E-R-S dot net. Steve Rogers dot net. And on there, you'll find my latest book uh, called The Iggy Principles. My previous book was called From Lend to Gold. But there's also a bunch of blogs. There's videos. There's, uh, you know, and there's a way to reach me via text or Facebook or email or whatever it might be. So that's probably the best spot. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you for your time, for being on the Mark Stuchowski podcast, because you gave us pure gold. I mean, everything you said was gold. And I, the magic here, folks, comes when you apply what Steve said. If you just think about it and you go to the next podcast, then you missed the whole point. So, Steve, thank you so much for being on the show today. You are a rock star. Well, Mark, thanks for doing this forum to have people be able to absorb this information to help better their lives. So uh, thank you for what you're doing out in the world as well. And just before we go, don't forget to register for my October 16th training, The Power and How of Routines. You can either click the link here in the show notes from this podcast episode, or you can click the banner of my website, mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski Podcast. Until we meet again, my friend, go be productive.